0: In my experience of years of buying and trading shares and being a long-term investor, I think traditional property is fantastic for developing capital and net worth, but it is really, really hard to get a comparable income stream from traditional property without trying to step outside the norm and do you know, other things.
1: This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Taran Shum, and in this episode, we're speaking with Amazon best selling author, chartered accountant, and founder of the Freedom Warrior program, Selena Kilcani. In this episode, she delves into why lucrative alternative investments aren't always as straightforward as they may seem. But if you play your cards right, you can walk away with more freedom than just the financial kind. Despite alternative strategies offering such attractive possibilities, these methods of investing often fly under the radar. With so many investors looking to make incredible returns, how is it possible that alternative strategies aren't more popular? Kilkani has some theories and some examples.
0: I was asked recently uh, during one of my blueprint strategy days uh, by someone, you know, and I'll tell you about their situation, but basically they were saying, God, this stuff is mind-blowing, but, you know, if these alternative strategies and alternative investments are such a game-changer and if they're so lucrative, how come more people aren't doing them? You know, it's almost like that becomes a... A red flag if if anything and so i think it's really worthwhile to have a conversation about yeah well there's there's lots of good reasons why more people aren't doing these kinds of strategies and deals
1: and I totally agree with you because it's not going to be for everyone and, it, and it's the same with any type of investment opportunity because there might be people who are pro-shares, pro-businesses, pro-property and you know it, it might not suit their risk appetite and so forth but this is the, the great topic or this is the great podcast that we can actually unpack this because you know you may not have crossed this or thought about it in your own journey and I guess the thing is, is we're just trying to help you to sort of have a think about more if it's something that you might sort of consider you know, as part of your strategy and as part of your investment because, as I said, it's not going to be for everyone but for people who have never really considered it or thought about it but don't really quite understand how it works, then this episode I think is probably going to be ideal for you because we kind of unpack it and explain what happens.
0: Maybe a good starting point is actually to explain what we mean by alternative investments.
1: Yeah, let, let's jump into that and let's just talk about alternative investments. I mean, there's so many different op- options which we've done a, a specific podcast on um, as you, as most of you know, I'm mostly focused in the lending space, which is another alternative investment. But there are so many other ones, which I think I'll let you sort of talk, as you're more familiar with those. ones, Selena.
0: When you talk about alternative strategies and alternative investments, it definitely conjures up um, images of hair-raising deals, where you know, high risk, high reward, and certainly those are true. And alternative investment, as a or alternative. Assets as a an asset class is a very broad terminology. the The deals that you and I tend to love more than any of those others are alternative investment strategies that are backed by real property, meaning there's an actual bricks and mortar um, securitized asset behind the deal. And so, for people who love property, alternative investments in the context of how we talk about them is a really easy natural extension because you understand that, you know, alternative investing when it's backed by real property becomes a much safer asset class. And in in a lot of senses, these strategies don't carry the same risk profile as a lot of your traditional developments or buy and holds because you're participating in those deals as a passive investor and allowing somebody else to run the deal.
1: Yeah. And that's what I love about this um, space. Like, Don't get me wrong, still, you know, for me, I still love property as it is. I still love property development and Selena, just as much, I know she's uh, still involved in numerous property developments and has her own portfolio and so forth. This is just an add-on, you know, percentage of all the net assets that we've done to be able to help us, you know, accelerate, I guess, um, parts of our, our property journey and I guess it helps you sort of shave some time off to get to where you want to go and and this is where we're going to talk about it in a lot more detail especially with an example that we've got um, coming up but what I love about this is that it it can be for really any market because you're not having to sort of just wait and, and see the cycles of the market. This kind of gives you an additional let's say income or maybe some extra growth at any time of the market and because these things are set up differently it can actually allow you to tap into a different way of looking at investing as well. So maybe I think giving people examples of, of what the alternative investments strategies look like, that will probably give people a bit of understanding what these look like. So as I mentioned up front, lending is one of them, you know. Um, I know there's joint ventures, there's other ones that you, you probably can share as well with the audience which you're a lot more familiar with as well.
0: certainly happy to go into the, the five buckets of strategies. There's, um, you know, there's small private funds, there's joint ventures, there's syndications, lending opportunities, and then actual direct turnkey property. Um, and mm-hmm. I think we've covered that in a couple of other podcasts in the past. But when we use the language around alternative investments being very lucrative, I think it's really important to kind of give that some context because one of my primary reasons for investing in alternative is that I can develop really strong, predictable cash flow, passive income and in my experience of years of buying and trading shares and being a long-term investor, I think traditional property is fantastic for developing capital and net worth but it is really, really hard to get a comparable income stream from traditional property without trying to step outside the norm and do you know, other things. Um, and so when we use the language like investments, alternative investments being lucrative, I think it's worthwhile explaining that lucrative in the sense of developing really strong, predictable cash flow. Um, and, you know, to, to address the question of, well, why aren't more people doing this? One of the key reasons that more people aren't doing alternative investments is that they are not part of mainstream uh, investing. And when I say that, what I mean is that it's, Um, It sits outside of the share market, it definitely sits outside of mainstream investing and so what that means is that the trusted advisors and the network that I have that specialise in that space, they're operating in very inefficient markets. Now even though, you know, people understand that the share market for example is relatively efficient, meaning when information is released to the market it's automatically reflected in the price of the share. To some degree, although property and real estate in in our part of the world anyway, has you know, historically been seen as inefficient and that's why there's money to be made. But I would argue over the last 15 years that even the property market has become relatively efficient. Meaning that it's really hard to find exceptional deals. Like you have to, even as a developer, you have to work really, really hard to find those opportunities that are worth pursuing. And sometimes they come with a higher risk and sometimes they don't. But the reason that alternative sits kind of, you almost have to think of it as a separate asset class is because that market and the way those deals are secured and the way those deals are structured is incredibly inefficient. And so number one, people just don't know about them. And number two, the market is incredibly inefficient. And so, you know, in a market like the one we're in now where um, fear becomes the order of the day, um, the markets that we currently believe to be efficient could in fact become more inefficient as investors kind of move more to liquidity. Um, so what I do love about um, alternative is that that inefficiency is what makes people like us that dabble in that space able to win more easily because we're able to be more selective about the deals. There's not as many people trying to fish in that pond. The permutations of how deals get structured is so much more creative. And when we work with you know, our network of deal sponsors and trusted advisors, what we're really doing is taking advantage of specific opportunities in markets that are not well tapped. So it's really important, I think, to keep that principle in mind when you're making decisions To stay out of or jump into opportunities.
1: I totally agree with you. And this is what I I love about real estate. It it just like exactly what you've said, comparison to share market. Share market's pretty much automated. Like you can imagine, I don't know, 20 years ago maybe they had stockbrokers standing on a floor to be able to, you know, raise their hand and say, you know, buy, buy, sell, sell. And it's just crazy you know in this one room that's just so noisy and that's how the market's evolved you know now it's just these computers silently in the background just doing these transactions automatically let's just hope property doesn't go that way <laughs> if it does then i guess that completely changes the the whole dynamics but as you can see in order to be able for people to buy property they've got to visit a home then they put an offer through that takes time even settlement i mean 6 weeks to s- settle a property seems insane because realistically it could be done within a few hours but I guess there's just so much inefficiencies, that's what makes this, I guess, industry very, very popular and also um, a a great way to be able to make some profit out of it as well too. And especially when we're dealing with these type of strategies that we're involved in, there are so many different ways to look at it and I guess at the end of the day, you got to see what is your, I guess, what what strategy are you trying to look for to be able to generate and reach the goal that you want to achieve. Because not every strategy in alternative strategy uh, investing would suit everyone, and depends on your risk appetite, your interest, and you know what you what capital you have as well. That will also determine what um, alternative investment you go into as well too. Coming up after the break, Kilcarny reveals the strategies she's seen make the largest returns.
0: I think the strategy you're describing of you know, building up a portfolio and then using the equity to pay down and pay off all the debt at some point. It's not that that's an invalid strategy.
1: How it's possible to have your cake and eat it too.
0: But what I'm saying is at a point in time, much sooner than people realize, you can take a step sideways.
1: She explains how teamwork can make the dream work but only if you pick the right players.
0: Because the real issue with alternative investments is who you're investing with. That's the real risk.
1: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investor. Hey Property Investor, is your cash or equity currently earning you 1-2% to per annum sitting in the bank? What if I said to you that you can do better? To find out more. Simply register your interest to become a money partner at propertyinvestory.com. Right now there are great opportunities in the property market and I'm looking for money partners who want to invest to get a high return with low risk on their money for 6 months. Register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. Kilkarni recognizes that alternative strategies aren't suitable for everybody as each investor has their own risk appetite and preferred strategies. Ultimately, there's one factor she considers to be most important when considering investing outside of the box.
0: My philosophy around alternative investments is that it makes sense for you to kind of access this asset class when you've got a bit of capital behind you. And the reason I say that is that, you know, I think for most people, investments take time, energy, bandwidth, and understanding and one of the things i'm a huge advocate of is you always want to understand what you're investing in and you always want to be the decision maker so you never want to abdicate decision making so one real driver around whether or not alternative is the right fit for you is to do with where are you on your investing journey so if you're just starting out um, and you really need to just get traction put aside surplus you know use leverage and buy say for example, property or other investments to grow your net worth, then focus on that. But I guess where I see alternative fitting in is where you have a reasonable asset base behind you, but maybe you've reached that point where either you're tapping out with the banks or maybe you've kind of allowed your portfolio to grow and you're now in a point where you're just simply frustrated with the cash flow and you don't particularly like the idea of waiting another twenty to forty years for the investment base to reach however multiple millions is the right number, and you want to actually switch into you know that that cash flow sooner. So putting a small percentage of your portfolio into those alternatives can you know literally mean game over for people
1: in a few years as well, too, compared to say you know two or three decades. And, and this is the thing, like I, I remember when I first started the podcast and I interviewed a lot of successful property investors who'd been holding on to property portfolios for like 20 plus years or 30 years and they explained to me usually there's three phases. The first phase is the growth phase which is basically accumulation of properties. Then the second phase is usually um, consolidation, you know, to be able to actually sell down the assets or reduce debt, etc. And then final phase is usually the passive or the income stage which is basically to live off that when they retire. But to do that, um, they're relying just on that one asset class which is property. So typically we buy a lot of properties, say 10 properties. When you get to consolidation, you sell down five which will pay down the loan after say 10 years or something like that or 20 years, whatever it is. And then by that time, (laughs) you hope while you reach retirement, by that third stage, you have income generated from your assets which is your property. But that, you know, if that goes all smooth sailing, that's great but that's such a long method in my opinion. Not, not that I don't mind, you know, waiting that kind of time because this stuff is supposed to be long-term happening in the background but if you can accelerate that and not have to wait 20 years or something like that and you do it within say, three, five years, even seven years using these kind of strategies and still keeping all your properties without having to sell anything down why not?
0: (laughs) I think the strategy you're describing of, you know, building up a portfolio and then using the equity to pay down and pay off all the debt at some point, it's not that that's an invalid strategy, but it's certainly one that doesn't necessarily yield the most lucrative returns. You know, the net, the average net, and when I say net, I mean after all expenses for assets that don't have any debt on them is maybe one to two and a half percent at best. Um, And so, if you imagine, even on a one one million dollar unit, having a one to two and a half percent, you know, kind of income stream, you kind of get a sense of, geez, I'm going to really need a fair few of those paid off assets to make a meaningful income. That's right. And so I've definitely worked with investors who are, you know, they've done all the right things, they've built a multi million dollar portfolio, and they've only just dawned on, you know, it's only just dawned on them that. Actually, the income stream coming off that multi-million-dollar portfolio is nowhere near enough for me to live off. And to be honest, if they'd undertaken no investments and just lived off the pension, there wouldn't be too much of a you know discrepancy, which is pretty pretty awful. Um, so for me, um, you know, alternative investments and doing well in that space is really about triangulating amongst the smartest possible people, like-minded people, um, building those super connections, um, building that trusted advisor network, and then really educating yourself on um, how much of those investments do I need to have in order for me to get life-altering wealth now or in the next few years rather than in 20 or 30 years. And, you know, I think we've said this before, we're not saying traditional property is, is bad or wrong but it's in fact quite the opposite. I love real estate and it is the ultimate tool for anyone, regardless of income, to get to financial freedom. But what I'm saying is at a point in time, much sooner than people realise, you can take a step sideways. And as you said, keep your pro- property portfolio, keep that ticking along and you know, have your cake and eat it too. And that's really the, um, the game that I think we're playing. And I think the reason that people don't know about it or don't recognize it is it's just not well understood. There's very little good quality information out there on what these things are and how they
1: work. Absolutely true. And I guess, you know, in a selfish way, kind of don't want everyone to know about it because, you know, if everyone does, then the deals become very, very hard to get. So that's probably one other thing, I guess, is just to mention like we could go out and promote all this but at the end of the day... Um, it's only really for selected type of few people that would be interested in these type of deals, and just to make it work. And obviously, if you are one of them, that's that's where I guess we would love to be able to you know share these and help you on that side of things. But I guess if if it was like you know mass media, which is what Property and realestate.com and all those kind of places have done, and they've made it such a big business out of it that they rely on that to be able to survive. Whereas here we're just kind of just you know plodding along to enjoy our life, but at the same time offering some sort of um, different ways of thinking so that way it can potentially change your life and change our lives and so forth like that as well. So it's it's really interesting, yeah. I,
0: I think I would just add to that, Tyrone. I agree with what you're saying, but I'm actually not even in the slightest bit worried about, in fact, if anything, I'm shouting to the hilltops that if you're not thinking about alternative investments, then you're kind of cutting your performance of your portfolio short. And I, I want more people to know about it because the real issue with alternative investments is who you're investing with, that's the real risk. So, you know, the world is saturated with people trying to take advantage of alternative deals. Um, But I don't think that there's that many people who are doing a good job of it. So, you know, the experience of most investors is they're trying to work it out by themselves. Um, But I've said this before, I, I think there's never been a worse time in history to be trying to do it yourself.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's that's true because at the end of the day, you want to be able to work with people, you know, property itself in its game is all about, you know, working with the right people and be able to get, you know, knowledge and I guess come up with the support, you know, because obviously, it's not a game that you do it yourself. And I think that's that's where this podcast comes into play because we want to be able to share that knowledge and, and help each other as well too because you can't do this on your own at the end of the day. Absolutely. So let's, let's talk about an example. Um, I'd love to be able to just jump in and understand, I guess, where and, and, and yeah, from, from that point of view, like who, who what kind of person or t- typical example that you've actually come across that has actually looked into this alternative investment and have been able to sort of jump into and understand how it works and, and successfully, you know, apply it really well. I mean we don't need to go into all the details and stuff like that, but just maybe a sort of a, an example of somebody who's who's actually been interested.
0: I've got a couple that I'm working with at the moment who are, you know, I would say on the younger side of middle-aged. They are both professionals, they both work, they've got young children, and they've really tried to do everything by the investing playbook. So they've contributed well to the superannuation. They have bought a small portfolio of investment properties in their local market, and that's just kind of ticking along in the background. I think at the moment there's maybe ten to twenty thousand dollars cash flow coming off the portfolio. So, you know, it's holding its own. It's, it's nothing terribly exciting, but it's holding its own. And they're, they're in a situation where. The house debt is sort of negligible, it's it's not a huge debt, and they're trying to work out, well, you know, what, what is our next step? Um, you know, one uh, partner, you know, one person in this couple has a very high earning potential and the other one's kind of doing work that they don't really like. And so their motivation for even thinking about what could we do with our investment portfolio is more to do with one of us is really hating the work that they do and needs to get out. And, you know, there's a, a I guess, an idea that maybe one of them could transition into being a, you know, basically a dedicated um, part-time investor. And so alternative investments really appeal because of that very kind of creative, active nature that's, you um, you know, that you can have a bit more of play and fun with with it and, and do deals that kind of start and finish and be involved. And so they've worked out that with the cash reserves that they've got sitting around, that they could put a small percentage of that into alternative and effectively replace um, one income within a couple of years. And what that would do is then give them the freedom to choose whether or not... Um, one of them works and so you know I I would say these guys are relatively frugal they're not extravagant Um, you know they they live in a house that they're happy to stay in they're not looking to upsize they're not necessarily needing a a new sports car every year you know that their net worth is probably somewhere somewhere between the three to four million dollar mark so it's you know it's a healthy net worth for sure but um, you know they've been at it for a long time and they've mostly achieved that through time rather than being super active but for them the idea of taking a very small percentage of their portfolio and putting it into um, investments that pay them anywhere from 8 to 12 percent net cash flow returns each year that's going to get them to um, a stage where they can make some pretty big life decisions in terms of you know one of them working or not working and and the alternative to that is probably a retirement that's probably at least 15 to 20 years away. Um, so it's really, um, you know, they're nothing, they, they they haven't done anything crazy. They're not taking on any big risks. It's, it's pretty small stuff, but, you know, for these guys, the, I guess the hesitation initially with working in this stuff is, well, if this stuff is so lucrative, how come I've never heard of it? And I think that's sort of part of what we've we've talked about today.
1: Yeah, it's it's a common question because when I first work with new investors that come on board, they ask me the exact same question. And I say to them, look, exactly what we've just discussed in so far in this podcast is um, it's not going to be for everyone. You know, there's, there's a pre-qualification process that we've got to go through, making sure that you're a wholesale or sophisticated investor. But at the same time, we've got to understand that there are going to be inherent risks that are involved in this and you've got to also have some experience in terms of property. If you're a property investor and you've invested in numerous properties, you understand you know what happens during that property process and even better you know if you do and you've got experience in development, that's even better because then it kind of explains you know what happens with these ones because The only difference is that you're not physically hands-on involved in these deals anymore. It's, It's basically we would facilitate and get you the best deals and then you choose which one is and then you just leave it there to passively do what it needs to do. And as long as you're not needing these funds for right now or living off these funds, then you know it's it's a perfect opportunity just to put it in because it's like your portfolio. You, you build it up. You don't touch it unless you really need to make adjustments and make decisions to change it. But you let it continue to do the thing, and it, it's your like golden goose that just continues to lay eggs. And hopefully, those eggs that you're getting is coming with a substantial amount of uh, passive income, rather than one or two percent just from your portfolio. So that's. Yeah, that's the biggest change, and and that's what I've noticed. Like since doing it, and with your assistance and help, Selena, I, it's completely changed my life for sure. Because without going into these, I think I would have been struggling and still thinking. And and as much as I enjoyed the work that I was doing, I was working at the university, and on on a very very good pay. It it just changes your life to go. Okay, look, you've got that stability come in without having to think much more about that, and that allows you that headspace, the freedom to go, okay, I can do other things because I mean the reason why we're talking about this right now is ultimately if, if it's not like you and me, um, we, we want to be able to just not have to worry about finances. We just you know let the, let the things do it on the side and then just focus on things that we really enjoy in our life and, and that's what really that kind of freedom gives you because that headspace of not having to worry about going to work every day and uh, and, and you know find how you're going to pay the next bill, et cetera, that kind of stuff. It's very stressful. If you take that away and have something that works for you, like a golden goose laying eggs for you all the time, then you can really do much more meaningful things in life, and that's what really you know alternative strategies or investing allows us to do as well. But it'll take time, obviously.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, I would um, say I've I've spoken to some really amazing people over the last few months, um, some of whom are in dire financial pain so you know business owners who are suffering maybe they're barely keeping their heads above water but the thing that i found fascinating is on the surface of it they would be classified as high net worth individuals Um, and where they're at is they're holding very high value assets that are not performing for them and they're at a stage in their life where they cannot afford For their net worth to go backwards they can't afford to put a foot wrong Um, but there's a recognition that if they don't shift the focus to assets that actually develop cash flow they will have to start eating the cow and that means selling assets down at potentially you know discounted rates just to create the liquidity to live off and that's a a heartbreaking situation to be in
1: yeah and and that's that's the challenge like I think growing up, because I, I saw from my own parents, a lot of my uncles and aunties, even my father, they all had great assets. But I kept wondering, how come Dad was constantly working so much, and he ran his own business as well, and the amount of, I guess, debt that they had against these businesses, because you need operating capital, you need, you know, for infantry, etc. Because we we ran a very physical-based product type of business back then, and my uncles still do, you know, all of them but also that they, they require their time to do actually work within the business e.g. to be hands-on in, and fixing repairs and all that kind of stuff because it's, it's a very laborious type of business that they both or all of them have run um, but I never saw one of them that could actually just go you know, I don't have to worry about operating the business because ultimately they've got something else that's coming in and and that's, that's my perception on shift that I have discovered during you know, this investment journey that I've been on through property because I didn't realize it was possible to do it this way until I met so many wonderful people who shared knowledge, just like you, Celine, have shared this knowledge with me. That has transformed because I don't have to rely on my business to to survive or live or whatever it is. If today you know business just stop shop, I don't have to worry. And, and that that's the thing that I noticed is the big perception shift from my in my own journey in my own life, just to see that happen for my own family because. So to today, unfortunately, my dad's still working because he still hasn't set up those assets that generate passive income, even though he's got very high net worth as well, too.
0: It's an interesting idea that, um, you know, I've had the the privilege of working with a lot of high net worth individuals, but I would actually argue that most of them don't feel wealthy. You know, they're, they're rich on paper and they know they're wealthy, you know, by any definition but they don't feel it. And the reason they don't feel it is because they have no freedom to choose how they spend their time. So, you know, I think by, you know, really thinking about how do I create a plan here that's going to give me the freedom to choose? That's a really different question to, to be asking yourself instead of how do I grow my net worth? Because, you know, net worth and an extra million in your back pocket um, at some point is only going to get you so far.
1: Thank you to Selena Kilcani, our guest on this special episode of Property Investory. And if you love the show and are ready to get serious about investing your money to get a low risk, high return, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a money partner. Right now there are great opportunities in the property market and I'm looking for money partners who want to invest their money for a short six months. To register interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040.